The D-Place Podcast on creativity and spirituality. Welcome to the Deep Place Podcast for today. I have the absolute joy, joy, joy of talking with joy, 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 Prouty today. In fact, today, as this gets released, it is her birthday. So you guys need to go and find her on the Instagrams and send her a message to wish her a huge happy birthday after you listen to this episode. Uh, it's one of my favourite things to do to get to talk to Joy Prouty, Deep Place podcast style. We're going to kick off today's episode with a poem that is written by my Myself, Joel McCarrow, with some accompanying music by an incredible musician in Brisbane, Australia, a man named Brett Anthony Shaw. So make sure you go and check out his Spotify. I'll put the link up on the show notes. Uh, and this this uh, this poem, this song, is part of a um, a new project of mine that we're going to talk about on this episode of the podcast. So sit back. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a tea, put your headphones in to listen to this poem. That would be my recommendation. And uh, then we'll talk about it as we get into today's episode of the Deep Place podcast. Everyone feels it. Or if they do not feel it, they hear it or sense it or know it somewhere deep inside this desire to be swept up into beauty, into the cascade of life, into the movement of the sacred. We know this, have known this, always known this, this pull at our ankles softly, this coaxing, taking us out into the flow of all that Creator has for us. But it can be so bloody scary sometimes to feel the surge beckoning, To know the shallows was never meant to hold you, not now, as safe as it feels, as much as you needed it. Learning how to walk and grow and move, now the shallows are just that. They're too shallow for who you are. Do you feel it now? Know it now? Every time you stumble across the sacred, every time beauty moves you, every time you create, every time, it is always the invitation. God holding out God's hand with a whisper. Come swim out here with me, beloved. Come let the currents take you. Come let the water hold you. You no longer need to feel the sand at your feet when you can hold my hand in the flow. You no longer need to feel the sand at your feet can hold my hand in the flow. I am the water and the whale. I am so much larger than anything. So come, swim out here with me, beloved. again I turn to where the waves break. I may be scared, but I make the choice, and it's the only one that matters. I take my feet up 
from the sand, from security, from the shallows, and I let the water begin to swirl, begin to flow around me, through me, in me. I float out to sea and the mystery and the trusting and the holding and this new beginning, everything filled with beauty and invitation and overflowing everything, absolutely everything. But more than anything, it is me. See, this movement is nothing but the simple acceptance of the self. To love who you are. Truly love who you are. This is the invitation. The invitation that changes everything. Friends, you've just been listening to a track. Uh, I don't even know the name of that track. I haven't quite actually known. I think it's 12. Yes. Um, Desire. I think that's what I've called that track, Desire. Um, I'm here with Joy Prouty and we're getting to chat the Deep Place podcast once again. Yes. Hello. Are, are you feeling as inspired and at peace as I am after listening to that beautiful piece of work out there? Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Joel, s- speak your heart, spill your heart out and tell us where this came from. Um, this, this specific track is um, that poem, song, poem, pong, whatever we call it these days, a combination of poetry and singing and song. <laughs> I don't think there's any singing in that one. But, um, I love that you just track- made, your own, made your own word. <laughs> yeah, that's right, pong. Yes. It's not a great word. It's not a great thing to call. The, the beauty of bringing poetry, poetry and song together into a pong. I think the word, I could probably change the word. Okay. <laughs> Continue on. Tell us what it is. Sorry. <laughs> this, this specific uh, poem came out of actually a poem that I wrote for someone. Um, and it was a, uh, a friend of mine who was just beginning to kind of tap back into their, um, creative self, uh, and their creative juices and just feeling that, that, you know, that calling, I mean, we all know it, (laughs) um, as creatives, we know that when we, whether it's been a long years and years for us, and then we're beginning to tap back into our creativity or whether it's been, whether we were for a while and then life got busy, everything happened, everything happened. And now we're beginning to taste it again. Um, it was, my friend was beginning to taste it again. And do you know where she was beginning to taste it again? It was in your your course, Joy Prouty. No, your wonderful wow. course, Ap- Aperture of the Heart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I love how the inspiration is interwoven in so many ways here between the work. Yeah, yes. totally. So she she's an amazing. She's an incredible woman doing some really cool stuff with um, with women at risk, uh, wow. with girl, girls who are pregnant in. Um, in um, traumatic situations, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and um, mm. and I think the your course and 
um, a bunch of stuff at that time was just leading her into this expression of freedom um, and feeling that that beautiful creativity. Um, but as we know, and as as I kind of go into with this, there's the invitation is like it's the risk to take your feet up off the sand <laughs> mm. and let yourself go into into the flow. And um, wow, that's scary. Yes. It's like such a beautiful invitation and a and a risky invitation because it, it truly it's the invitation of surrender. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That when I was listening to it, I was I was wondering what that meant because of course everyone interprets something and mm. it's it's often that the artist does not reveal what the metaphor and what they've created means. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. letting us in on that because I feel so much more connected to that symbolism now. I mean, did did you? Did you present it to her? Has she heard it? She's she's heard it. So I did it as essentially what's what I've begun to do. I'll, I'll tell you kind of the big broader picture because um, okay. it's something that I want to invite the our, our listeners in to check out as well. Yes, um, yes. Is I'm about to release this whole well, it's my first online art <laughs> gallery <laughs> exhibition thing. Wow, Joel, ah! your very first exhibition. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Ah, uh, I wish everyone could see your face at this moment <laughs> because you look like a, a four-year-old that has just been given yeah. a bouquet of yeah. rainbow balloons. Uh, <laughs> like your 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 smile is too big for your face. Um, yeah. What a joy to get to see this on you, Joel. I am mm. thrilled. Oh, people don't know how what they are in store for. I, I it, tell us more about this. Yeah, yeah. So I um as as I think I mentioned in the last um the last time we got to chat that our first uh episode of season two was um one of the things that really saved me, that helped me last year was learning to paint. Mm-hmm. Um it's it has been this um beautiful uh expression. Again, just like we're talking about with this this poem that we were just talking about, this this opening, this freedom, this letting myself go into the flow of learning this whole new art form that I didn't know that I could do, that I um had told myself for all of my life that I wasn't an artist, that I couldn't paint, that I couldn't draw, that like that just wasn't even a part of my thing. I was all about words, all about words. That was it. And um, and then I uh, was at a, a friend's um, a friend. I think I talked about this last time. I was at a friend's art um, school. She just invited me to come along because I was going up to stay with her, and and it just opened up in me this thing, and I fell in love with it, and I became obsessed with it, and I was painting every night, every spare moment. Wow. It's when it becomes. I think um, Elizabeth Gilbert calls it like having an affair with your with your creativity. Mm. Like you just every yes. single moment that you have that is spare, you're mm. like, I just want to do this thing. I just want to do go with this thing. Mm. So I started doing that, and I started. Um, my painting started coming first, which was really interesting before the words for me. Um, so mm. I was painting and the, the expression that it came out as, it was beginning to come out as these animals. Um, but maybe part of it was being in lockdown and not getting to experience <laughs> um, wildlife yes, the and wild. nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and only getting really like for a while, for a few months here in Melbourne, we couldn't go past five kilometres, what's that, like three miles past out around our house. We were that kind of lockdown. And and so I'd get a few walks in and that was about it. But I was just like one of 
my deepest places that I express and feel and engage with my spirituality is in the wilderness and mm-hmm. in beautiful sacred earth. Um, and so I think I just began to draw these things because I was missing um, missing them, um, the expression mm-hmm. of them, the, missing the what that what that did for me. And so I found this new these new moments of spiritual and creative expression um, by painting, by painting these animals. And so all these animals began to come together. And then at the same time, um, what also began to come together, I, I, I began to see in these animals human attributes. And, and you'll see when, when hopefully mm. you, you go and check out the gallery, um, yes. which will be at joelmacero.com. Um, I'm launching it on the 19th, I think, of March it is. Ooh, so this is accessible for anyone yeah, worldwide? Anyone worldwide can, can go and check out. Basically, it's, there's a watercolour painting and with mm-hmm. the watercolour painting is a poem and with the poem is a poem slash song. So it's musical mm-hmm. like the one you've just heard is for the 12. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then also there's a skateboard. So the other thing that I, that I have done is, is, um, refurbished a bunch of really old skateboards, used them as my, yeah, as my blank canvas and done the animals, um, inked them onto the skateboard. Um, Mm. so I just, I've loved it. All this stuff has just come together. (laughs) Um, wow, Joel. Yeah. I love that you are just going forward with this because, uh, I mean, you know me, it takes me five or six years to act and go forward on an yeah. idea. Yeah. But you, you, I mean, it just, you, you are giving the gift of this awakening to everyone in a public forum. Yeah. So what is your hope when people go and look through that? Yeah. Are you hoping that they spend time and they're absorbing it? Or what, what in your mind, what have you imagined that people are? What is the experience of sitting in front of this screen? Yeah, so it's called um, the whole the exhibition is called Human, an exploration of the inner life, and so what I'm doing is using poetry and these animals for people to explore their inner self, uh, and I've shaped it around the framework of the Enneagram, which we've talked a lot around um, on. The, not we haven't talked a lot about, but we've talked in passing. Um, our Enneagram numbers. Uh, it's a number-based kind of identity framework for those who don't know what it is. Um, and Joy is a four on the Enneagram. Is that right? Are you, are you still feeling like a four? Oh, you oh you know it. You know it. True. <laughs> true four. <laughs> a true four. Maybe you can say something about the four in a second. A three is, uh, which is what I am, a three is like... Uh, on the Enneagram is the achiever. So it's someone who um, loves to get things done, is loves to achieve, puts my all into everything. But as with anything, there is a lot of shadow sides to that as with any mm. core part. And so the Enneagram is kind of about our inner compulsions, our desires, our fears, our shadows, our hopes, and how they kind of interweave into the inner selves that we are. Um, What does that look like as a four for you? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I'm dying to know what animal you picked for the three and the four. Oh, yeah. Um, What is is your three, Joel? What are you? What is your animal? The three is a hare, is the the hare. And and the poem around the three is kind of that, um, the imagery is, is around the hare and the tortoise. Uh, this yes. this very fast paced hair wanting to go at it go at it go at it, 
um, and kind of recognising the call to be a bit more tortoise-like <laughs> in who I am. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. That's beautiful. Um, and and the hair is an excellent listener, huh? Big yeah. big ears. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, the hair also, another really interesting thing about the hair that I put in there is the hair also changes fur colour um, as to mm. the season and as to what's happening around it, as to its environment, um, and, which, and which is also a really big part of the three as well. Uh, is the um, this changing to fit the environment that we're in so that we can meet the approval of others uh, and so that we can um, we can a big part of the three is kind of wanting to change people and change the world three the three in this one is called the superhero uh, wanting to change the world but part of that as well is is kind of um, wanting to meet people where they are at. And so yes. the, the shadow side of that comes in when we change so much of our outer self that we forget about mm. the inner self. Um, yeah. Ooh, I love that you've done a deep dive into the characteristics of the animals too, which makes it, I think this is going to be so interesting, not just for us yeah. up interested, interested artists, but also for the children. That just sounds yeah. so yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, wow. it's a really good way to talk about children. Do you want to know the four, what the four is, what yeah. animal? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? So the four, which is not going to, it's part of when you see the, the painting, you'll get this a little bit more. The four is actually a polar bear um, and his name is Lawrence, oh. Lawrence the polar bear. And he wears <laughs> this red scarf because he wants to stand out from all the white and all the plain and all the bland. And so. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. So he wears <laughs> proudly his, his red scarf, which. Um, maybe you can reflect on that as a four. Does that speak to the four at all? Oh, well, us polar bears with our red scarves, we, <laughs> we do not want to be wearing the scarf of any other animal. Mm, mm. Uh, we have to stand out. And that is also the great challenge of knowing that we can make things that are unique and special, but that it also is our greatest detriment uh, at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So, wow, I, I think it's so interesting, too, and I love that you chose that. I would have never guessed it yeah, uh, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can really relate to that idea of um, that thick, warm coat and often mm. hiding in caves and, mm. and, and hibernating. And y you know that as a dear friend of mine, it's yes. uh, sometimes a challenge to get me out of my cave. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be. The, um, yeah. the, wow. the way that I finish that as well is... Um, that poem is always remember that the polar bear has such a large heart, mm. such a large heart. Like one of the beautiful things about fours, like the wonderful Joey Prouty that I'm talking to is, is their massive, massive empathetic hearts that feels so many of, of the feelings. <laughs> I think a line in, in the poem as well is um, that even my feelings have feelings. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a weary thing to carry around this kind of heart. <laughs> well, this one as well, interestingly, this one as well came out of... Um, what I, what I realised, and I didn't mention this before, is all of these pieces of poetry, they came out of poems that I wrote for in particular people. Um, 
and and that was part of the joy of working with this. Yeah, I wanted to speak into that. Sorry, Joel, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. No, 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 there. go for it. <laughs> well, um, I when you had first told me about this project, and I yeah. was listening to some of the things that you had created, um, I was talking to Donnie, my husband, about this, and I was saying, Joel is so committed to the work because I recognized a few of the lines in yes. the one that you had written in two um, for someone that I know you had written it for. Which, mm-hmm. of course, I know that you write a poem. What is it every day? You write something every day for someone. Oh and no, every and once a week for someone. So I okay, try to write every week. day and once a week. For, okay. I give it to someone. Well, but you've been doing this for years, right? I yeah. mean, showing up to the work without having making these things, not with the purpose of putting them on social media or showing them anywhere publicly, but just for the sake of showing up to the work. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is so incredible that when it comes time to create this new project, as you've done, you have this treasure trove mm. of content that is from your own heart. That's not, you know, it's that idea that there's that book, Steal Like an Artist, um, but you're pulling yeah. from your own treasure chest of goodness. Yeah. And I thought, what this is such a wonderful testament to what it means to be a working, committed, fully passionate artist that I'm just so proud to call you a friend, Joel, because it's mm. so inspiring to see you make something and bring it together without hesitation and making it from something that you're gleaning from things that you've been working on for years and years. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I love that you noticed that because that's where all of the poetry began. And in fact, that's where my best poetry has always begun when I'm not writing it for the masses and I'm not writing it for, um, I'm either writing it for myself or the, the stuff that I bring out into the world when I'm writing it for somebody else. Um, and getting to write for a whole lot. So basically what I did with this project is I'm like, I could make up new poetry for all of these different Enneagram types and the few extra ones that I put in there, but I have written poems for (laughs) Enneagram types for Mm -hmm. people, for specific, not Enneagram types, but for specific people over years and years and years, just as you said. And so I went back and that was my starting place. And so the four was actually a poem for our friend Anne Voskamp that was uh, mm. that I wrote for, and she beautiful was one of Anne. the people who was like beautiful, beautiful Anne Voskamp. <laughs> she was one of the people who was like Joel, you have to do an Enneagram series. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you, Anne. Always, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd always been like, sometime, sometime I will. But I thought, what's the best way to do this? I had the imagery playing around of the animals, mm-hmm. and I'm like, actually, I want to bring those poems because what. Again, as as we all know as artists, the best, the most universal, deep, ancient threads run through the most specific um, person by person uh, experiences of our lives. Like the more specific we can get in our artistry when it's just me writing to someone, Mm -hmm. actually that's where... Um, those ancient threads that we all can feel. We're like, oh, I get that because I know that, even though, yeah. So I basically I took all of those poems that I'd written for people, used that as the base, and then wrote these this poetry that came out of that. Mm. I hope that everyone who's listening understands what a wise thing it is you just said in passing <laughs> that <laughs> it's that's that that to to make something that's so specific is what is the most applicable i know this is one of the greatest mm. wisdoms of writing that there is mm. but the way that you uh, and the poem that you wrote for me years ago without you mm. even really knowing who i was the day that we met right two days yeah, after yeah um yeah 
I felt more seen than ever before, and I've shared it with so many people since. And of course, you wrote it for me, but it has resonated and deeply mm. changed the lives of those that have been able to absorb it as well. So I just I hope that our listeners, when they hear you say this, they are so encouraged to continue to dig mm. into the incredibly unique calling of their artistry mm. and not try to mm -hmm. water it down to please the masses or to make it more understandable for people on social media or what more pleasing or more light-filled or whatever they think people might like that they really are hearing you and taking that to heart to stay true to the specific unique nature of the person they're mm. creating for and the person that they mm. are it's so good. It's so it's so worthwhile, and the and make that as a challenge, listeners. Like, challenge yourself to do whatever your creative art form might be. Could how could what would that look like for you to do that once a week? Mm. To to write a poem if you're a poet once a week to give to somebody or, or a piece of writing or a little painting or a something because I just the best stuff comes out of that. The best, yes. most beautiful stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I I can't wait to see this, Joel. I I am just on the edge of my seat dying to be the, <laughs> the first at the at the computer screen so yeah. tell us tell us the moment it's going to go live and where exactly to find it again so it'll be at joelmacero.com um you'll be able to click on on the link to it from there so joelmacero.com and um on the 19th of march which is only like what 12 days away from me sitting here in Australia. So it's really soon, which is exciting. Um, yes. I have musicians from all over the world are doing the music for it um, from wow. US and Canada and Australia and Scotland and Europe. And it's, yeah, really lovely. Mm. Uh, and I, I just want to say to kind of finish up on this, um, that as you asked me before, what do I want people to experience when they come and sit there? And for me, I think what the Enneagram does really well, and I, and I think what I'm trying to do with this is for people to recognize that we are, we are made up of the beautiful and the broken and those beautiful parts of us are also broken and those broken parts of us are also beautiful. And um, I just hope people can come in and can sit and, and delve into the beauty and the brokenness and, and find themselves again. Mm. Wow. Mm. Find themselves again after maybe not really truly knowing who they are mm. since they were very, very small. Yeah. So, oh, I can't wait. Thank you, Joel. Oh, my Thank you for making pleasure. this thing. And I, one other thing I wanted to say about what you were talking about, about how you just pursued this thing, this yeah. playful nature, and it became your obsession, yeah. um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, I know that we talk a lot about calling yeah. uh, on in this podcast, and this is something I've realized uh, this past year as well, well, the past couple years, well, pandemic and just lots of changes in my own life have happened. Mm. But how um, I, I just love how this was another extension of your creativity where it's, you know, it, how you were saying, I thought it was just words and it was words and it was yeah. words. And it's the same thing for me. I thought it was just pictures. And yeah. that was who I was. I was yeah. this photographer. But what happens when the photographer starts to lose their eyesight. Well, then are they still a photographer? Mm. What does that mean? Then you have to kind of dig mm. to the deeper level. What is the soil beneath that where everything grew out of? And just kind of the same thing what you're talking about, that really that was just this expression of it. And I wonder if you would talk about this a little bit as well, but mm. how I've been thinking about calling 
rather than it just being this singular thing, it's more like a family of things. Yeah. Um, and um, it seems like, it, at least from what I've what I'm hearing you say, yeah. is that your deep dive into the painting, yes. it's, the message was still this expression was still coming out of the same soil. So, yeah. what's your soil, Joel? Oh, I love that. That's such a great question. Um, my the soil of all of my stuff, because as you said, it really, uh, I yeah. It's a beautiful observation to make, and I think it's one that every creative person needs to make is, is you, Joy, are not a photographer. You are something way larger than that. And I'm not a poet. I'm something way more than that. And, and that expression of who I am comes out in writing, but also comes out in painting and my woodwork and all these different, um, all these different ways. And so for me, what sits at the, what's, what sits the soil that all of these things germinate and grow out of, um, the heart of it for me has always come back to, to story. Like we talk about story, um, lots Mm -hmm. and in lots and lots of different ways, but, um, because for me, story is so intertwined with identity and who I am. And if I can, um, if my, if my paintings, my, um, words, my poetry, my the actual stories that I tell, if they can truly express the story that is sitting in my inner being, um, the light and the dark of it, the beauty and the brokenness of it, um, mm-hmm. then I feel like, um, one, I have uh, expressed my authentic self in, in the expression of my authentic story, and two... Um, hopefully what has happened for the audience, whatever that audience looks like, is that they have experienced their authentic self because they're hearing their own story in my stories that I have got Mm. to share. Um, And so I think story really, um, the like, again, yeah, it feels a, a shallow word to say in some sense, but actually the depth of it is is gigantic in in me what what story means for me what what about for you mm. what is that soil for you oh i have i have to let that resonate for just a minute mm. <laughs> what yeah. you were sharing um well i really resonate with um how you were talking about that when the when others see what you've made or hear it or absorb it in whatever way they connect with the most authentic deep mm. part of themselves and this is something i've been thinking a lot about lately especially when we start to talk about um my, my next endeavor in just a minute yes yeah um, but um how when you dig down to the deep part and i've spent a good portion of this last year really assessing the work I've made over um, my whole career and how it started and where it is now and what is that thread between it all Mm. and it's always been uh, paying close enough attention to enter into the present with someone to Mm. be able to make a deep connection and show them who they truly are. Um, and in that moment, I also know and discover my true self and yeah. that we are the same, um, that there's no masks. It's just I, I'm eternally trying to create things that help every part of any mask someone is wearing in my own masks to fall away and yeah. only left, leave incarnation of love. Hmm. That's the only thing that remains um, so that there's no no dishonesty able to be left no shame yeah i it's 
that's a beautiful soil to plant things in and see things things germinate and grow out of um <laughs> i'm thinking of the i mean it's a similar to that um that uh, Bible, wow, I'm going to quote a Bible verse. I don't think we've ever done that on the deep places yet. The, no. Um, the, <laughs> no. And, and uh, what is it? And these three remain faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, when you take, away, take away all the rest and come back to that soil, um, what remains, faith, hope, and love is that, that verse. And we're kind of adding to that and saying, <laughs> we're adding to the Bible right now. That's, that's, that's legit, right? Um, <laughs> We're well, saying... we're, we're sharing our own interpretation of how it's played out in our lives. Yes. Um, we're saying Continue. presence and story, presence and story, um, yes. which could easily come under faith, hope and love as well. The, the hope uh, that story brings the love of presence when you truly connect with someone. It's beautiful stuff. I would love to hear because, as you, as you mentioned before, you have um, a thing. You have a thing that you are um, birthing into yes. the world over the next few <laughs> weeks, uh, which is yes. kind of all stems out of that soil that you've just been talking about. I'd love to let's chat about your. We've chatted about my human thing. Let's chat about your presence thing. I'd love to hear about oh. it. Thank you. Well, this is such an exciting episode that we both have something exciting to share. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, Typically, my contribution to this podcast is to talk about my misery of (laughs) not sharing the things that I create um, and hiding them and feeling... feeling all the feelings about them, but (laughs) never putting them out into the world. So this is, I'm so happy to get to actually share something that will be seen. Mm. Um, So it's called The Present Family. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's like a... Basically, a creation that my husband and I and our kids have worked on together over the last year, and it stemmed it like the first spark of the idea of it came from um, over the last two years. I know both you and I have been teaching online courses, and prior to that, was te- both of us were teaching in person workshops, really doing work with people where we could look them in the eye mm. and really be present with them and um, have a deep experience. And so, really, it's been this transition of trying to take that presence of how can teaching artists, which this has been the heart of my work, how can I teach artists to be as present as possible, as deeply connected to their Mm. work as possible, um, so that they can really make the most authentic, vulnerable, um, deeply connective work for who who they're working for and for themselves so that they don't get burnt out, um, all these different things. Um, and I saw their lives change. Hmm. But the biggest impact that really I've seen doing this online um, is that they were ch- it, their families were changing along hmm. with them. And so, you know, when we we're doing it in person in a group, I would have these people where, you know, it's all these grown adults and we would have this mountaintop experience. But then they would go back to their families and they wouldn't be able to resonate, hmm. um, make, you know, ha- this deeply moving experience. And then this life that felt so different than that. Yeah, yeah. But doing it online, like they would do these practices uh, that I would guide them into. And because they're at home, oftentimes this past year during the pandemic with their kids they would start to do these practices along with their children wow, isn't um, that fascinating? and 
Yes. And so I was so moved by it. And every time Mm. I would read a response, I would read it to Donnie and I would say, do you believe this is happening? Like it's not just happening for them and for their art, but their entire family is being changed. Um, And the poem that you wrote for me, Joel, a couple Mm. years ago, there's this one part where it says um, she she floods her family. Mm. She drenches them wholly and she's playing Mm. in the water. And it is this vision of if we can be truly filled as parents, then, you know, we just overflow and flood our families like this rushing river. Um, And that's what I saw start to happen in these courses. And so Donnie and I started talking and we thought, what if we made a course for families Hmm. Um, and we really addressed this full on and it wasn't just this like exciting side effect (laughs) that was happening um, with the art courses that we were making but that it's specifically addressing how to help parents learn to see their children not as distractions but as guides into their most present life Um, and especially through the past year, I know we've talked about it so much about being in survival mode. Um, yeah. But now yeah. it's like, how long can we stay in survival mode? Yeah. You know? yeah. At, at what point is it going to break? And I think every parent, you know, you can speak into this too as a dad with young kids. Yeah. Um, like we, all of us as parents, I think we've said to each other, like, it's going by so fast. Like mm. we're missing it. How can we, how is this happening? And yet it just keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and s- yeah, I mean, do you, do you resonate with that? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I, my life's like, my life's just a permanent mountaintop experience. It's, it's really <laughs> lovely. <laughs> um, and this is when we lose all of our listeners. <laughs> that's <Okay. right. laughs> I, of course, I totally, totally resonate with that. And I, and I, resonate with because I am a touring artist and because I get to go and I spend these glorious weekends with artists and creatives and doing workshops and doing all these things and then I come back home and it really does the the resounding crash from a mountain (coughs) sorry I'm just coughing here the resounding crash from a mountaintop to like oh there's a a billion dishes sitting on on the sink Mm. and there is kids who have been screaming all weekend and my wife is going insane because of that and and now I enter into this and I'm like all right okay all of the glory that had just experienced been experienced over the last weekend um it just it feels like it almost vanishes so the excitement that is coming up in me to hear uh of you one noticing that um, that reality that happens for so many of us and then beginning to speak to to think through creatively think through and say well what well actually first for you beginning to see things were changing going online where these families were getting involved um, that is hugely special and then to tap into that and to say well how can we actually um, run with that and help families to continue that journey like that is tremendously exciting for me Thanks, Joel. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, we're so excited about it. It's we've been working on it for a while and we've created our own um, special presence family practices. And the goal is that they're just really simple and easy and they don't feel overwhelming. They're things that we do as a family, like mindfulness techniques and Hmm. laughter. And like we had this one 
time where we were being creative and my daughter Mabel she's eight she started face painting Donnie's face and he has you know a full beard um and so she this is acrylic paint he's paint she's painting his beard and I walked by and saw that moment and he was they were laughing it was this smile on both of their faces that i have never seen before and i just i mean it brought me to tears to think it's there's so few times that i have seen my husband completely free Hmm. disarmed like i could see who he was as a little boy before Hmm. he was told he had to grow up or not cry or um carry the weight of the world it's like just her taking that paintbrush to his face it made it all wash away and and mabel's kind of a she's she's a highly introverted i would say she's probably an enneagram four um and so (laughs) she doesn't often like let her guard down but her giggle was like this like high-pitched like (laughs) you know in the two of them I just I I started weeping and I thought families need this (laughs) and so you know we've taken kind of we've those moments those experiences that have really taken us out of ourselves but also helped us to deeply connect with each other and made them into a course it's so wonderful I'm so excited tell me I'd love to hear more your because obviously that idea of presence can look really different for lots of different people. It can be kind of a super Spiro thing in some, in some sense, like out there, but it, mm-hmm. it's obviously not for you. Can you talk to us more about that idea of present? What is when you are present, like you mm-hmm. specifically for you, what does that look like? What is that for you? Mm. I think presence as an individual for myself is really different than presence as a family. I think that's why it's uh, so hard yeah. um, in the family unit because it's so loud. It's so overwhelming. There's so much chaos. I mean, we have six kids, mm. semi-small house, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially in winter when you can't go outside. The idea of being present is really hard. Um, but I think it's when we when we're in survival mode for myself or whatever, I'm not, I'm moving so fast. I would say that that survival mode for me is like, it's, it's all the wheels are spinning so fast that I'm not zeroing in. I'm not seeing my children when they talk to me. It's like, I'm trying to just get them to be quiet so that I can finish the task I'm trying to do. Productivity is like the most important thing. Yes. Um, But, but presence itself is entering into a space where I can see them, Hmm. where it's, I realize that, it. And we 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 learned this research. I thought this is so interesting about presence. There was this study done at um, at a college here in the states uh, about ten years ago, where they took a group of college students and put them in one room and asked them to do a task. And that was their you know just complete the task. Mm. And they put the other group in an, another room and they said, okay, complete the task, but pretend that you're seven year old children. And the group that was told to be seven year old children actually had a forty percent higher productivity rate wow. on what they created because they got into an imaginative present mindset yeah and i thought oh this is so interesting because we think you know the productivity mind we think if we're moving fast enough we're going to get more done yeah but actually it's actually wrong and the more present we can become then we're thinking imaginatively and we're becoming more childlike and we're actually Mm. seeing our true selves in the person in front of us we're looking you know when i'm meditating or praying or just being still i'm 
thinking about my feelings, but I'm not judging them. I'm looking at them. I'm assessing what they have to teach me, and I'm not just rushing by them. Um, and so I think that's that's what children do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they are always in the present moment. Yeah. Um, we just don't take the moment to, to see that. Yeah. I love the distinction you made as well between uh, what looks like presence for you as an individual is different to presence within the family unit. And I think maybe that's where a lot of people, that's where I come unstuck because I have, uh, for me to be present as an individual sitting there in the sunshine with a cup of coffee and my book and writing or painting, whatever it might be, um, it just can't, like it's impossible for what presence looks like for me as an individual to to fully transpose onto what presence needs to look like for me as a family. But my expectation is that it does. And so I think when that expectation is not met, when it doesn't look like what I, what I feel like being present as an individual, when I can't get that as the, mm-hmm. within the family, then I'm like, ah, oh, stuff it all. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 of course, really resonate. I think every adult parent mm. resonates with that. That mm. maybe our, maybe the thing that's holding us up there is that we're thinking that presence and quiet are the same thing, mm. mm-hmm. um, and which is not at all a possibility in the family. Yes, <laughs> with a lot of kids yeah. or any kids, um, and so you know. I, this has been one of the most fun things for us as we've gone through this process is like energy release where we just move like really fast and move all of our arms and legs and we're like feeling our body we're getting into our body like that is so present and Mm. it's like that's loud and there's a lot of movement but then there's this endorphin feeling that we have as a group um that that binds us together and um yeah, so just thinking about it in like imagination, getting into this imagination thing, I think we really underestimate how capable our young children can be of presence in ways that we haven't let them teach us yet. very convicting for me as a three on the Enneagram, all that you were talking about, because <laughs> I am living on that treadmill. I'm living on that treadmill of productivity. And, um, and I think we, we talked about this a little bit in that, um, that first season of it, the first episode of our second season of the call back into play and to imagination. Um, yes. and, and I'm wondering what, cause you've, you took yourself through this process, like before you're, before you are taking others through in terms of the course and stuff, what, yes. what did you find one, what did you find was difficult and, and what, what really opened things up for you? Was there a specific, a specific practice? Maybe it was the, the dancing around. Was there anything else that you were yeah. like, Oh, this is amazing. Or, oh, I hate this, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, well, I think the hardest thing is it's to to enter into presence you have to view it kind of the same way as you would like a 12 step recovery program. Huh. Um because you have to recognize that you have to release control. Mm. Uh you have to identify all of the things you've been using as numbing techniques which mm. is um really humbling. <laughs> yeah. Um 
and then going through the process of trying to decide what you feel is beneficial that you want to let go of and what you've, you know, there's like a a lot of self-assessment that goes into that process. Um, And I know, number one, it helped, helped Donnie and I connect in a way that we never have before. Um, But I also saw how he, for him, the grief that started to come up when he stopped numbing, he realized, oh, I haven't been addressing the grief of all of these people I love that have died because all of my numbing techniques were protecting me. Wow. Um, and so it's not an easy journey, but the joy of doing it alongside your children is the bonus because their, their joy is more filling and more, um, like I, I recognized as I did this and him too, that we were filling all of our time with TV or, you know, Mm. we weren't making meals at home. Like everything was just fast paced and we were doing everything because we needed to get things done. But in the process of doing that, we had lost all of the things that truly connected us. Wow. And so it's letting go of the things that no longer serve you in lieu of things that truly make your home what it is. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. a beautiful way to put it. Um, I was reading um, Richard Raw this week who talks about in one of his books, I think it's Everything Belongs, he was talking about um, the circumference and the centre that so often we live our lives kind of on the circumference and we get addicted to that, um, mm. to, to all that is happening on the circumference. It's the doing and the doing and the productivity and the doing and, um, and we fear coming back to the centre um, because as you said, there's, it's, it's that combination of it is this beautiful imaginative play and presence and wonder, but it's also coming back to, um, to all the ways that those things have been stolen from us and, and naming them and, and walking through those fields of pain to, again, to recognize the beauty within that brokenness and to, to see those things. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we avoid presence is because oh yeah we fear that yeah one of the things we did that was really crucial that has helped us a lot is we made a vision board and oftentimes especially as a type 1 diabetic I have a lot of episodes in the middle of the night where my sugar will drop really low and I'll start to of course being at Enneagram 4 I'm like immediately going to like I'm dying (laughs) this is the end of my life and I'll have that you know those like moments sometimes I'll go into like a lucid dream where it's like you have those moments where it's like the end of your life and all of these moments of beauty just you know it's like (laughs) goes across your mind like an eight millimeter reel yeah yeah. um and it's like so so those are the things that I know I would want to remember and hold on to, not my um, fast food chicken sandwich or the show I watched on TV the yeah. night before, those kinds of things. And so we made this vision board as a family of like our most treasured moments, hmm. pictures and, um, you know, mementos and things like that so that when we wanted to revert back to our the things that kept us, you know, 
numb or whatever, even if we really wanted them, we would look at that board and say, that is why we're doing it. Mm. Um, And then we would go and specifically take like one minute of holding the face of one of the children. You know, always my five-year-old Smith, he's, he, he holds my face, puts his hands on my face. And I would say, okay, I need you to just, I need you to see mommy right now and remind me why we're doing this really hard thing. And so we would just sit there in that moment and he would look me in the eyes and and it would, that longing for the temporary thing would pass. Oh, that is so beautiful. And you, I got a sneak glimpse of your, um, of your website, which has kind of the trailer, the preview, the video, uh, and that there's, and there's a little snippet. Um, Mm. I think it's of, of that moment in that video. And I was, I was brought to tears instantly in that moment (laughs) to, to see the adoration, like to see the, this, you holding his hand and his little tiny, um, hands on your, (laughs) like, it's just, completely beautiful and the, the whole like the whole course sounds incredible it sounds really amazing joy what for Thanks, you asked me what as people come and sit in my exhibition what do you hope mm-hmm. that they see what what for you if people <laughs> um came and did this and uh, it's like an eight-week course is that right what do you hope happens yeah. for people what's i hope that they commit themselves to the work yeah. Uh, I hope that they that they don't just let it pass by. Mm. Um, and I hope in the process of doing that, they find their child within them again, and they find their children maybe for the very first time. Wow. Um, and I think, you know, the thing you've made and the thing that we've made, yeah. the hope is really the same, that yeah. in seeing these parts and dissecting who they are and looking deeply at these metaphors and these different characteristics of who people are, whether it's through a practice or through a painting, that they just come to this centered place of feeling known and seen. Mm. I just want to do it. I just want to come and do it with you. <laughs> well, it's online, <laughs> okay, isn't it? Good. It's online, yes. so anyone can yes, do it. Yes, please. <laughs> anyone yeah, anywhere so it's in the gonna... world can do it. Tell us about where they can find this thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm hoping you will do it. I'll send you a, I'll send you a registration. Um, okay, so it's, registration is open now, and uh, the class will start on March 22nd. It will run for eight weeks. There's a lesson every week, um, and right now it's the first time we're doing it, so it's a special for becoming a founding member of the present family. Hmm. It's um, less expensive than any course that we've ever offered. We want wow. as many families to be able to participate and really glean the benefits. There's a supportive community. We're going to be doing live calls, um, you know, Zoom meetings and things like that for support for the parents mm. um, and that it's a vulnerable experience. So we, we hope that we hope that families are encouraged to leave survival mode behind and step into the present moment with us. So good. So good. So good. Um, Joy, I think everyone Joel? everyone needs like a, a joy in their life. Oh, <laughs> and a Joel. Aww. I just this is I a, love a special coming, time. Yeah, I love when we get to come together and talk about these beautiful um, things that are that are coming out in our lives. It's really lovely. Yes, thank you, thank you for 
being brave and going first and doing the hard work over so many years and presenting things that help us to remember who we are and for being my friend that encourages me to do that as well so mm. that's may we all be encouraged and inspired to be that friend for someone else totally i mean that maybe even out of if you're like well i don't want to do anything i don't want to engage with joy's course and i don't want to engage with joel's exhibition which is really fine the thing that i would plead to you is maybe <laughs> you instead you could go and find um find someone find a person how important is this to talk about the the deeper things and the creative things and how all of this gets expressed in our lives is so crucial um yes. yeah this beautiful family that we have yes oh thank you joel until next time until next time when we have something boop, boop. wonderful to say and present <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the music from today's episode is from the incredible Taylor Leonhart. Uh, we are so thankful to be able to use her music throughout this season of the Deep Place podcast. Um, and make sure you go and have a look at the uh, show notes. It'll have all the links to all the things that Joel and Joy, Joel is me, I'm Joel, have been talking about this episode. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Oh, that was great.